as you chart your course, I would say don't try to chart your course for the next 30 years, by the way. I think that is um you could chart your course for maybe the next five and say, what are the key important things that I want to do in the next five years from a career standpoint? Mm -hmm. But then just be super open to opportunities. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in. Welcome to Five Questions With, our series of quick interviews with industry leaders, change makers, and those who inspire our community. We're talking professional journeys and about investing in your education, career, and self with those who have once been in our shoes. I'm Janetta Hott, founder of MBA Chic, a platform and community for MBAs and professionals around the world. We help navigate business school, careers, and more with the goal of propelling more women into the C-suite. Speaking of the C-suite, I'm here today with Carolyn Miles, former president and chief executive officer of Save the Children and professor of practice and special advisor to the dean at the University of Virginia's Darden School of Business. Today, she teaches and is building the sustainability curriculum at Darden while also focusing on bringing in and supporting more women and underrepresented individuals to Darden for their graduate studies. Prior to that, she was at Save the Children, an organization that gives children a healthy start the opportunity to learn and protection from harm. And the global movement has served over 155 million children in the US and in 120 countries. Joining in 1998, then serving as the chief operating officer from 2004 to 2011, and ultimately leading as president and CEO from 2011 to 2019, she led the organization in doubling the number of children served around the world. She championed issues like hunger, learning outcomes, and ending preventable child deaths with a focus on women's and girls' issues. In 2015, she was named one of the 50 world's greatest leaders by Fortune Magazine as one, and was inducted into the Connecticut Women's Hall of Fame. She served on numerous boards, including the Door Institute, Blackboard, and the University of Virginia's Darden School of Business, where she received her MBA. Thank you for being here, Carolyn. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Thank you. It's great to be here. Thank you so much. All right. So this is MBA chic, so it makes sense to get to this right away. What drew you to the MBA? And what did the MBA mean to you, the investment in yourself and your career, now that you're on the other side and now that you're also back at Darden in this new capacity? Well, I think for me, um, it came at a time in my life, I was in my mid-20s um, and I had had a degree in animal behavior in undergrad. So I, I did not have a lot of business, but I found myself in a sales job coming out of college, which was great, which I really enjoyed. But I really wanted to do marketing. And so I actually, very luckily, I had a great boss who was one of my first mentors. And I had really not thought about going back to business school. And he said, you know, this is a way to really think about making a pivot in your career. You could stay here and do that over, you know, many years, or you could go back to business school and be able to make that pivot. And that's one of the things that I think is so important that business school allows you to do. For me, it was getting the foundational pieces of business education, and it was making that pivot into marketing, which is what I really, really wanted to do or thought I wanted to do and gave me a chance to figure that out. So it was a great, a great move. And I see so much of that pivot uh, piece still happening today with uh, my students. That's a really big part of why people think about business school. Absolutely. And it can be such an unlock, right? It's great to see sort of now on the other side of that, seeing students kind of follow and helping them pursue. 
And so, as you mentioned, you went from business school to the private sector, and then you found your way into nonprofit and the INGO space. And you spent over 20 years at Save the Children. Um, And by the way, you were their first female CEO, I should add. Um, Did you always have this sort of path in mind? And what kind of what's driven you as a leader or perhaps serves as your leadership philosophy? I have to say I had never had pretty much any of the pivots that I made in my career in mind. And I think that's something to keep, you know, at the back of our minds as you think about kind of your future and your career. I think for me, it was doing things that I was really, uh, three things I, I think about. One is, can I learn something in the next thing that I'm going to do? Two is, can I add value? And three is, is there something in there that I'm passionate about? And I would say from my my first pivot from the business world when I was um, living in Hong Kong, actually, and went from American Express to a startup coffee company that I did with a classmate from Darden, actually. And that was all about this is something I know I will learn a ton about. I know I will learn a lot in this particular um, uh, next piece of my career. And it it was never about, you know, will I make more money or will I climb the ladder in terms of the decisions that I made? It was always about, is this something that I think I can add some value? I have something that I can add value to. I I know I'm going to learn something and there's a piece of this that I'm really passionate about and small business I was passionate about. And so that led to that piece. The real big pivot that happened in Hong Kong was my understanding of the impacts of poverty on children. So we traveled an awful lot with our kids while we were there and just those differences that my kids had versus the kids that I met was just a really big wake up call. And I thought there's, there's gotta be something I could do. I've got some skills or there must be something that I could do. And so when we came back from Hong Kong, that was, I really wanted to go into the nonprofit space and I really wanted to do it in with a company, you know, an organization that focused on children. And then it was another Darden connection that got me into that role at Save the Children, that first role. And I thought I'd only stay for a couple of years. And after 22 years, I did finally retire from Save the Children, but it was a fantastic pivot. So. Wow. What a ride. Yeah, of course. And just kind of being open to that, right? The the network and the the magic that kind of happens going in with a goal yeah. and, you know, being, being open to being inspired to do something new. That's great. Yeah. Um, and okay. that's really how I got to Darden. You know, it was, it was another opportunity to make a pivot. So um, I, but I never in a million years could I have like laid all this out and said, yep, that's, that's what I'm going to do. And there's how to do it. And, and I always say to students, you have to keep yourself totally open to these opportunities because that's, that's where the magic happens, as you said. That's so true. It can be, yeah, it can be overwhelming, but there's so much to just kind of, you know, giving yourself that percentage of your time, just really being open. Oh, fantastic. So, okay. So this next question, we've kind of shared a bit, you know, you're, you're figuring out, you know, can I learn, can I add value? Um, What do you think has been key to your success and, you know, who inspires you or, you know, have you had anyone serve as a mentor or a sponsor along the way? So I have been lucky enough to have some great mentors. I mentioned my first, my first kind of real boss us um, as one of those people. Um, When I was at American Express, I had a boss that 
really helped me think through the work-life balance piece because I didn't have children yet, but I knew I wanted to. And I really was struggling with how to do that. And she was very good at setting boundaries and saying, you know, here's when I'm in the office, here's when I'm not. And when I'm not in the office, I'm not in the office. I'm taking care of my kids. And um, she was a great role model, I think, from that standpoint. And then I guess my biggest inspiration has come from my work at Save the Children when I see how people with so little and especially young people with so little and so many things maybe stacked against them above those odds, they are able to be successful. They're able to really get to a new place in terms of getting out of poverty, having opportunities, moving their lives forward for their families, for themselves. And that has been totally inspirational because I think whenever I think, oh my gosh, I have so much and I, you know, to do, and I have so many things I'm struggling with, daddy, daddy, I think, you know, my life compared to many of the people that I met um, is, is, is really easy in comparison. And that was a huge inspiration for me always. Wow. Absolutely. And, And such perspective it brings to everything right? Wow. What a gift. Um, okay. So this is, this is sort of a multi-part, but let's give this, let's give this a go. Um, and we've kind of talked about this, right. But what are you most proud of during your career for say the children, you know, started, you know, pr- uh, private sector beforehand, what's been the most challenging and what's been the most surprising and why mm. we've got a minute. So, yeah. okay. <laughs> so I would say proud of there's maybe a couple of things. One is I have always been proud of being able to have friendships throughout my career that are not, you know, connected to my work that are really external friendships that I really have leaned on. I have a network of women from college, from Darden, from um, even high school, from my work at Save the Children, these little networks of women that I have continued to stay in touch with and and be able to lean on when I need them. And I think that is super important. And we really do, I think, all need that. Mm-hmm. I guess on the, the proud of piece, uh, I'm really proud of being able to multiply the impact for kids that Save the Children had. for During the 22 years that I was there, you know, it has more than doubled. Last year, Save reached about 183 million children. So just to be able to see that number go up and up and up. Um, and there's a lot of huge amounts of work, obviously, that goes behind that. A lot of it, you know, growth of revenue, et cetera. But the money part is only to, you know, to make the impact happen. So what I'm really proud of is the impact that we've been able to make happen at Save the Children. Um Challenges, I think I, you know, certainly early on in my career, there were a lot of challenges just being a woman in the workforce. And so just kind of overcoming those, I always found that you just had to do the absolute best job that you could do. Oftentimes, if you're a woman, that might have meant working harder, frankly, um, Mm -hmm. and working smarter. But it was just always doing the absolute best I could and kind of calling out where maybe things were a little off kilter. I was Mm -hmm. lucky enough to work for organizations that actually, I think, were quite progressive in terms of equity in the workplace. So I think that was 
that was probably a little easier given the choices that I made, but you do have to make those choices, I think. So um, those were some of the challenges and surprising. I guess what's surprising to me is that I have, I've been able to come into different positions and take those skills that I had from the last place. Even if the last place was totally different than Mm -hmm. the next place, you can always kind of bring along those things. I think about when I went from, you know, Pacific Coffee Company, which was a little startup in Asia and came to save the children. There were still things that I brought from that experience that I was able to kind of put to work in that new experience. So not thinking that you have to learn everything over again. I think I, I figured that out over time, but I think at first I thought, oh no, this is nothing here is relevant to that other thing, but it always is. So. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. That's so true. Oh, these are great. Um, but uh, yeah, on your point about just sort of recognizing the, the transferable skills and, you know, that network that you've built over the years, you know, that's, that's, you drag your relationships with you, right. And you, you problem solve together. So that's really, and yes, especially if you're in your MBA program that the all important first post MBA job is there's a lot of pressure to nail it and love it. And, and there are times where, you know, it's, it's not what you expected and you do pivot a bit sooner and it's, absolutely fine. You know, it's all part of the the book <laughs> that you're writing. Um, but having people to talk about who are not at your workplace, I think who are, yeah. you have a lot in common with, et cetera, but, um, but having people to talk with about those things and then just having networks of people that personally you, um, you really love and depend on. I think that's also super important. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I, we're on the last question, which is hard to believe, but this is zip through, but this is great. Um, again, on that, along on the topic of that pressure to have things sorted and figured out early on, um, really, you know, to everyone listening and to those embarking on ambitious career paths and really setting big goals, what words of advice would you offer to them, to us? So I, I guess a couple things, and I talk to students a lot at Darden uh, about this and about facing these these kind of next challenges. I think one thing is really try to stay true to what you are at the core of your beliefs and your values. So if one of the things that's really important to you is, you know, I want to be there for my family, I want to, you know, be there a lot, a lot of my time, then don't take a role that's not going to allow you to do that. You really have to, if on the other hand, you think what I really want to do is see the world. I really, really want to understand and immerse myself in global cultures, then, you know, go in that direction, but kind of try to really get down to what are the things that are important to you and try to Make take that into consideration as you decide what that next role is. And that changes over time, by the way, a lot. So always kind of check in with yourself and say, okay, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna check in and see if that's still true, because maybe things have changed. Maybe I don't no longer want to travel the globe and do those things. And I really want to be, I want to stay put in one place and be closer to my extended family or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So I think try to kind of keep those core things there and important, but check in on them often because they do, they do sometimes shift. So another piece of advice I might offer is that if you decide that you do want to go forward in your life with a partner, being really clear on picking that partner and making a good choice. And that doesn't mean it's somebody that 
is always going to say yes to you. Um, but it is somebody that's always going to be there for you. They might say no. Um, they might say yes, but somebody that you know you can depend on. And that is a really important decision in your life. And and so, um, you know, don't just kind of rush into that. I think that's that's super important. I guess another final piece of advice, and I talked about this earlier, is to decide kind of as you chart your course, I would say don't try to chart your course for the next 30 years, by the way. I think that is, um, you could chart your course for maybe the next five and say, what are the key important things that I want to do in the next five years from a career standpoint? But then just be super open to opportunities. I think I'm a great example of making all sorts of twists and turns, but having kind of a base that I said, you know, why would I pick this next thing and being clear in those in those those choices in in terms of how I make those choices. But I always tell students like figuring out your life for the next 30 or 40 years, I think is probably not a good idea. And it may preclude you from doing some really awesome things that you would really love to do. So if you want to be a doctor, obviously that might be a different thing, but um, (laughs) if you want to be in business, I think there are so many different ways you can go. So, Oh my goodness. Absolutely. That's a great, thank you for sharing that. That's a really great way to kind of tie this up. I think being open to the magic, open to the pivots and really staying true to who you are. Excellent advice. Thank you so much. Um, we do have a bit of time left. This is a quick interview, but we do love to end these with some rapid fires. So shall we move on to those? Yep. (laughs) All right. So what was your first job? I was a lifeguard and a swim instructor. I was a swimmer and well, from the age of eight to 18, a competitive swimmer. So I guess that was a natural one. That's it. Yeah. (laughs) That's built in. That's great. Um, what is the best book you read or podcast you heard in the last 12 months? So I heard a really interesting podcast. Um, I think I listened to it last year. It's called American Radical. And it is about someone who was at the January 6th um, events at the Capitol. And it traced kind of her history as to how she got radicalized to uh, arrive there. She never was political before that and how she ended up there. And it was about her family. It was super interesting and gave me a perspective that I guess I'd never really thought about because my political leanings are the other way. So mm-hmm. it really kind of opened my eyes to how how somebody, you know, could have ended up, you know, found themselves there. So. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Um, fantastic. I want to check it out. <laughs> if you weren't in your current role, what do you think you'd be doing? Uh, I would probably be a veterinarian. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Totally other way to go. So there you go. That just goes to show you just never know what you're going to be. It's your back to your your undergrad roots, right? That's like (laughs) a throwback. I love that. Um, Okay. Uh, Do you have a secret talent or hobby that people might be surprised to hear about? Uh, I love to cook. That's not such a surprising uh, talent, I guess. But I love to cook. But I really love to cook Asian food. I think that's because of my time in Hong Kong. which um, requires a huge amount of chopping (laughs) yeah absolutely asian food it's like a day of chopping yeah that's okay i find chopping very therapeutic so right oh that's awesome that's fantastic okay and then the last one uh what song or album is currently playing on loop for you ah 
So I just watched the new Elvis movie with my 21 year old daughter two nights ago. So now it's all Elvis all the time. So uh, (laughs) nothing but a hound dog and Tutti Frutti and all sorts of Elvis, blue suede shoes, all the the Elvis classics. That's great. It was a fun movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this was so great. Thank you for playing. That's always a fun way to like wrap things up. But this was such a great conversation. It flew. It really flew. But thank you so much for for sharing with us and and offering, you know, a view into your journey and your advice for those of us following in your shoes. Thank you, Jennifer. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed being with you.